Episode three. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the High Vibes Podcast. High Vibes running. Yes, sir. Running on High Vibes. Tuesday morning, 650, Monkey Tree. For those of you that live in Austin, you will know where that is. If you don't live in Austin, come through, check out Barn Springs. Fly in from out of town. Fly in. For a Tuesday drive morning. In, run in. The community is definitely worth the flight for sure. Yeah, it's definitely worth the flight. Yeah. Non-stop. Don't stop when you're... Yeah, I feel like the run honestly just had so much power. Um, definitely not a runner by any stretch of the imagination, but whenever I linked up and, and showed up at the run, um, at the run group, um, I've, I noticed that I was able to kind of push myself to another level that I would not have been able to if I had not been running with both you gentlemen and then everybody else that showed up. Hell yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. There you, there you have it. That's a beautiful testament to the, the power of the group and the power of our intention. That is our friend Nick Mears on Nick the podcast Mears. today. Yeah. yeah. Nick this has been a long time coming. Um, we've known, I've known Nick Mears for like three, four years now. You've known him. About the same time. About the same time, yeah. Met Nick through Nick. And yeah, we're here today. Um, kind of a free for all on this podcast. No real direction here, but just happy to shoot the shit with y'all boys. Always got to um, let the right things manifest. How's the day been going? Oh, day's been phenomenal. It's phenomenal, it's right? Another day. Let's tell the people what we got up to today. Yeah. What time did y'all wake up today? <laughs> <laughs> I did not wake up early. I'll tell you that. I, I did not either. I'll be honest. I was out last night. I was out last night. Late. That's okay. With the boys partying. Um, but, uh, but we still got after it this morning. Still got after it. Uh, met up at like 10 a.m. I went to the wrong gym. <laughs> Despite multiple texts in the group chat, I don't know where I got lost there. Um, probably the lack of my attention to the group chat could be it. Was probably yeah. it. Yeah, um, it's, all good. it's all good. Made it out. Pulled up to Equinox for the first time. Nice, nice environment there. Um, and then met up with y'all boys. Y'all were getting after it when I pulled up. I just see Moshe on the fucking row machine. Like going deep, and then you flip in a giant ball over your head. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, let me go uh, rep some bench before I join this. <laughs> I need to get my intensity up. Uh, yeah, Moshe cooked up an absolutely despicable hit workout. That is not something, not a way that I typically train. <laughs> yeah. I definitely can tell it. I'll be feeling What was that. the inspiration for the hit workout? The goal was to keep the heart rate up. I know. I noticed when, when we work out in a group, if there's no set direction, for the workout, I tend to drift, and I didn't want to drift today. For sure. So I, I took it upon myself to set some uh, some killer workouts some, in yeah, place. Some guidelines. Yeah, set some guidelines. I think with the bodybuilding type sessions, the more people you have, the more challenging it is to keep your heart rate up because yeah. you tend to wait in between sets. Very true. Yeah. Yeah, it's such an interesting trade-off that is. Um, what do you guys kind of think about power output as it pertains to constantly keeping the heart rate up, not going at it. I mean, I guess it just kind of depends on the purpose for what you're training for. Um, but do you think that there's kind of any balance to be had there to maximize for somebody who's kind of just getting into fitness and kind of looking for like more of a holistic approach to training? Yeah, yeah. I think there's definitely, it depends on what your goals are. Um, I definitely think there is a benefit to uh, lifting hard, like, uh, strength wise, power output wise, but also with intensity. Um, I definitely err on the side of going quicker than you think you need to, um, cutting down rest time uh, in order to keep the heart rate up. I mean, we're essentially talking about CrossFit interval training. Yeah. And there's definitely pros and cons to that. It can be a little bit harder to get into as a beginner because it's of the intensity of the training. So obviously, I think people should listen to their bodies, but. Um, it's such an efficient workout, yeah. like 30, 40 minutes of interval sets with weights and cardio involved. Um, if you have a timer out and you're doing some EMOM stuff, um, it's killer. Yeah. For the beginners, what's EMOM? Every minute on the minute. Cool. So you cycle through a minute long and uh, that's your typically the length of your 
uh, of your lift or of your circuit might be 45 seconds and then 15 seconds rest as you transition to the uh, next thing. Uh, and then the second, the, the minute uh, clicks off and you're off to the races. Nice. Yeah. I think with that balance, it's definitely weight. And if you can find a weight that you can rep eight to 10, eight to 12, eight to 15 times, you're able to get more sets with, you know, not bringing in your ego and trying to like max out with every lift or go to failure with every lift. If you're avoiding like going to failure and kind of saving some energy for that next set, you're able to lengthen out your workout to do more than just three sets by 10, five sets by six, you know what I mean? And you can really push it to five sets, six sets, mm -hmm. seven sets. And if you're new, just, you know, that makes it even easier because you can just pick one exercise to stick through, stick through for that workout. Mm -hmm. And if you do it intensely, then you're not like walking around trying to get creative with these workouts and trying to like, you know, skip a few levels of experience. Yeah, um, definitely some uh, some intermediate stages to get to. It's a little bit of a learning curve if you don't know your way around a gym, but for sure. But we do, so we killed that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Mears, how long have you been lifting for, bro? Uh, dude, I so I started lifting um, my senior year of high school. Um, just graduated from college in May of 2021, so I think that's about five years now. Quick round of applause for that. Yeah, hey, that boy still get the Got the degrees. Let's go. She's get degrees, baby. Exactly. Yes, they do. That's um, money. Fortunately, I had a little bit better than the C's, but yeah, um, take it. No doubt. Yeah. The job. Yeah. Chase a check. Uh, From the prestigious school, University of Texas, bro. Like, sir. Hook them, baby. Hook them. Yep. Hook them. Which is where you all met, right? Yes, yeah. that is true. That's where so, we met. Getting yeah. paddled and shit, or <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking. I had to. Oh, that's terrible. Fortunately, none of that. Yeah, but really? um, but I, I feel like we we do have to set the record straight. We did meet through the fraternity. Yeah, yeah we definitely, definitely met through the fraternity. Definitely did happen. Uh, there was definitely something uh, that stuck out to me about Nick Mears. Um, versus a lot of the stereotypical fraternity settings. Like, I felt like you had the uh, the awareness to be authentically yourself in, amidst the masses of like, a lot of people go into a fraternity and seek to fit in with a group. And I saw you as somebody who wasn't afraid to stand out in a sea of people looking to fit in. So uh, that's why I, I gravitated towards you. And uh, yeah, we, we stuck together. Dude, nice. I appreciate that. I, I definitely resonate that sentiment. Um, <laughs> I feel like the fraternity or just Greek life in general is a great representation of people being able to kind of fall into this group mindset. Yeah. Um, I feel like so many people in society kind of just strive to fit in or kind of be at that average. Um, and for the people who kind of decide that they want to push past that or do their own thing, um, I think that there's power in the communities that are comprised of those individuals. Um, no doubt. I'm very grateful to be here and kind of be in that community. Um, and I think that uh, both of you lads are definitely pillars for that regard. So definitely appreciate, appreciate that. that. Yes, and I think that that's instrumental in my development and then just the development of everybody else around us, you know? Yeah, man, I agree. And that's kind of what we've put into high vibes and the running group and Anytime we hang out, we're all setting up our own space. We're all bringing, you know, our own unique energy to the table and it just creates great times. You know, it really allows everyone to be their best selves. And like you said, even in the running group, if someone's able to push themselves past what they're normally able to do, our job's done. Like that's, that's it. That's all we're really trying to do. And when you have a community to do that with, it's incredibly empowering, bro. It really is. Yeah. So, and I definitely would say that I, I get that out of the run group. So, I'm glad that you guys pulled that together. And Fuck you yeah, guys are running that now. I mean, yeah, I think. Sorry, go ahead. No, you're good. I was just gonna <laughs> say, I, I think it's important. Um, everybody has visions and everybody has ideas, but to actually like take them one step further and actually have those materialize, mm -hmm. um, says a lot about y'all and then says a lot about the seriousness, um, that's kind of been poured into this endeavor. Um, I think that anybody in Austin area can definitely get a lot out of it for sure. Yeah. Okay. I know that it's helped me push way past what I thought I yeah. was going to So it's amazing. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for uh, for acknowledging that. I think this is uh, a big step for me and Juan both to, to have an idea come come through and 
see it through to the next step. And uh, this this podcast, this group, this running group is a, a commencement of that energy coming to life. And it's it's uh, it's motivating and inspiring to hear like feedback from people who have joined the group and the impact that it's had on them. I mean, when we set out to do uh, this group, and for me, when I set out to do anything, if I can impact one person's life positively, that's a success. And then that sets a domino effect and the ball gets rolling and uh, hopefully we can continue to build this community and get more more members, more outreach, more awareness yeah. um, about running and the tools that we use and the intention that we set. Um, right now I'm seeing kind of a, a bridge happening between uh, the running communities here in Austin and the conscious communities, uh, which we have our, our toes in both of those. Yeah. Uh, that rhyme, Thankfully so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and, uh, rhymes are great. The more rhymes, the better. <laughs> and uh, seeing, seeing us uh, kind of help bridge that gap, I think, is representative of, you know, what we want to bring to the world a bit. Yeah, uh, and who we are and mm-hmm. what we kind of stand for um, in terms of, you know, moving past the, the norm, the group think yeah. that you see mm-hmm. in society, you know, so commonly and so often that when you're able to bridge athletics and consciousness, it really is, it really creates kind of like a platform to stand on to bring it outside of the athletics into your everyday life. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really the most powerful thing because, you know, if I always say like, if on my tombstone when I'm dead and it just says, could run fast like that's not that's not enough like you know what i'm saying so (laughs) being able to bring that to the table and build from that Mm. is such a beautiful thing and it it really uh is empowering and and fulfilling when you can bring something that you love to your friends to the community Mm -hmm. it it like i think tuesday morning was kind of a bitch this past week to to get started Mm. and um once we got going it was the energy was there, man. It was it was transformative. It was awesome. Very true. Yeah. I think there's a lot of power in, in group dynamics from like an energy shifting perspective. Like yeah. you could go in at feeling like A, and then by the time you leave, you're completely at Z. It's yeah. just yeah, it's Z for Zen, baby. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what it is. Exactly. Oh, um, so one thing I kind of want to circle back to is we talked a lot about how you kind of had this idea and then have taken it through the steps and actually manifested it in, into reality. Um, for people who are having ideas and whatnot, but struggling to kind of make them happen and turn them into reality, what do you guys are think? A, some obstacles that are popping up that are inhibiting that, mm-hmm. and then B, what people can do to push past that, and then C, any sort of protocols that mm-hmm. they could have in place to help them kind of materialize these things that they've been sitting on for a while. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I think we're we're great people to speak on that because we've had ideas for so long. <laughs> three years, <laughs> three, yeah. three years of ideas and they all like no it's action. it's that moment. It's I think the first step is awareness that you may be inspired for a set period of time and that inspiration, at least the feeling of inspiration might die off a little bit. Um, but when you can discipline yourself to take a step even when that inspiration has died down then that creed that reinstates this momentum that you were feeling in that moment of uh, inspiration. Um, so totally, I think everyone's got their unique uh, sort of blocks or obstacles. obstacles. Um, a lot of it is internal, uh, mm-hmm. from my experience, um, self doubt, unworthiness, um, things that uh, fear of failure, fear of failure, fear of success. You know, fear of being seen, fear of being not seen. Fear of judgment. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fear. Yeah, a lot of fear. And it's, like you said, it's all made up. And, like, you want to accomplish all these things, but you have these things coming up whenever you feel like at your peak of execution, you have these feelings that are going to hold you back. But if you're able to separate yourself from those and just get started, then you're already 10 steps a hundred steps amongst 99% of the world that has ideas and is not executed. Mm -hmm. And if your fear is failure, then that's a very irrational fear. Let me tell you that it is an irrational fear because there is no failure. You will learn 
from the things that don't go the way that you hope them to. Mm -hmm. The only reason you may see it as a failure is because you have um, pre-made judgments or pre-expectations like expectations of how it should go and how it should be received. And when it doesn't fit that perfect little outline you've created in your head, then you know you think that mm -hmm. your your initial response is to just be like, oh, this shit is not working. Yes. But yeah. truly, in that sense, failure is really just a matter of perspective. Yeah. And when you can take that uh, bird's eye view or kind of zoom out from the situation, anytime that a situation uh, doesn't meet your preset expectation, you're in a way, the way I see it for my life is I'm disagreeing with the divine order of the universe and of God and like the steps that manifest in my life for me to learn and become uh, a person more rooted in love. Yeah. So in, in that sense, um, just having that little perspective shift and that awareness that this is just another step on the journey that really helped me like not be so afraid to take steps because really that that first step is the hardest right it's yeah. having this idea and then you know being really excited about it uh, you know some night and then wake up the next morning and not feel like that same level of excitement but when you just take that first baby step Get yeah. the momentum and the uh, the inertia starts to build for sure. Yeah, and um, that's that's beautiful. Also, calling it a baby step could be could be misleading as well because the first step really isn't just a step; it's a fucking leap. Yes, you're fucking like it is a step. Obviously, there's step one, step two, step three, but that first one is where you're really stretching out past the platform where you kind of got to hop. You can't just step onto it. Mm. And then after that first step, in my experience so far with this podcast, with the running group, with anything that I've ever felt like has been a leap in my life, is everything after that first leap is a step. There, it's clearly laid out what mm. you need to do afterwards, and it's just a matter of actually taking baby steps after that mm. first leap. And I think that first leap is the jarring thing, is what freaks people out. Exactly. Know? Yeah, It's that big movement that kind of scares a lot of people because it's it's acknowledging that I'm going to be outside of my comfort zone and I'm going to be doing something that I'm, I'm not okay with. And I'm yeah. going to break away from the cycle that has kind of been perpetuating in my life up until this point. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like having that, that shift, that change, whether it's starting a new professional endeavor, moving to a new city, um, jumping into a new relationship, um, all of these things, are, can be very intimidating in the beginning. Yeah. Um, but when people actually do make that leap, I feel like they find that it can be extremely rewarding, not only from uh, what it can do for you and like your life, but also the power it can give you and the perspective it can give you to go out and be a better person as it pertains to your influence on others around mm -hmm. you. Just totally. establishing your presence and building who you are as an individual. And defining um, yourself. Very true. Yeah. yeah, on a physio physiological point, it creates new, trying new things and taking those leaps creates new um, pathways in your brain. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So these are pathways that are already in your brain that you're just unlocking that's going to create, you know, a completely new side of you that you may learn about. It may unlock something that has been just dormant in you because of your past experiences and how you've been brought up. So. Uh, tell us about your big leap of faith. Yeah, speaking right of leaps of faith, bro, you got a big move yeah. coming up. Yeah, dude. Boys moving west. I am. I'm, I'm swimming upstream. I feel like everything you see on the news is how everybody's moving to Texas, um, especially Austin. And um, I'll actually be making the move out to San Diego on Tuesday, um, getting out there for a new job. Um, definitely been thinking a lot about it. Uh, it's it's bittersweet to say the least. Um, leaving a lot of people behind here in Austin, leaving a community behind, um, leaving a lot of people that I love behind here. Um, but I am very excited for this this new opportunity to kind of be a, um, a shift in momentum in my life towards positive things. I think I, I have like a good foundation as it stands right now, um, but kind of going into a new city where I literally don't know anybody other than the random dude that I've decided to move with. <laughs> Um, I think that's going to give me some power to like really ground into myself um, and do the things that I potentially might have been neglecting or um, have been putting off because, 
I'll really be in this new environment where I, I don't have a whole lot of external distractions. Um, yeah. I feel like one thing about me is I, I tend to be like very social. Um, so I, I keep a lot of circles, have a lot of friends. Um, and I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to going out there and uh, removing myself from that and, and really being able to just ground into the things that I feel like I need to focus on for my own development. Amazing. Um, so what are some of the uh, top priorities for a young man moving to a new city uh, with a fresh perspective and a chance to reinvent yourself? Like, where do you see your energy gravitating towards? Yeah, dude, 100%. So I feel like, um, first things first, I, I've decided that while I'm there, the whole first month that I'm, I'm, I've moved to San Diego, I'm, I'm going to be sober. Um, so Beautiful. staying away from all substances of any kind other than like creatine and <laughs> normal supplements that I take mesomorph. on. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit of crack pre-workout. Yeah. Yeah. But, no uh, caffeine. Yeah, no. Uh, no. I'll definitely yeah, we'll be, we'll be, be on caffeine. We'll be on caffeine. We'll be yeah, caffeine. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, nothing else. Um, and I think that um, this, so there's two reasons for that. One, um, not that I think that this would happen to me, but I do feel like when you – are making a big shift and you are socially isolated like I will be. Um, I, I feel like a lot of people tend to have a propensity to lean on substances to kind of get through those places. Um, and not I, I've seen myself do that in the past, not heavily so, um, but just a little bit um, and just enough to the point where I know that going to this new place, I, I don't want to have that in my life at all. Like I want to establish myself in my routine there um, with a completely clear mindset. Um, and I haven't been like completely sober for this long and in quite some time since uh, the beginning of COVID actually. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm really looking forward to like the state change that occurs for me from doing that. Mm -hmm. um, I said there are two things I kind of just talked about both of them. <laughs> yeah, there, yeah. But, uh, two and one. but yeah, so there's that. Um, and then I have a lot of interests and a lot of passions that I've kind of pursued, kind of not pursued here. Um, for example, one of them being jujitsu. Uh, I started getting into it at 10th Planet here. Um, I was waking up early and, and going to the classes, and it felt great. Um, was that I, Zombie Squad, they call it? The 5 a.m. crew? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Zombie yeah. Squad. Yeah, zombie squad. yeah I, was, I was rolling there. I was definitely, like, at the first classes that they had. And Damn. It was great. I mean, it's it, honestly, the environment at 10th Planet here in Austin is, is next level. Um, but I found that I was getting distracted like later on in the day, like hanging out with people, spending time up late, like doing these types of things that granted I could just have the extra self-discipline to like say no. Um, but also I think like forcing myself by being in this new environment where I don't have those external distractions, it's going to be very cut and dry and very easy to just kind of like slip into this routine. Yeah. Um, because I essentially will be rewriting my whole routine whenever I go out there. Completely. Um, so do you plan on, on uh, practicing jujitsu? I do, I do, yeah. Sick. So um, as it stands right now, I was kind of like gym shopping and looking around. Um, so I, I have some strength goals. Um, first off, I, I say first off, really the main strength goal is uh, to bench three plates. <laughs> um, that's Always oh, been something. Three fifteen. Yeah, three fifteen. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's so, awesome. Yeah, so the way that I thought about it is the second that I hit those three plates and um, I accomplished that super ego goal of mine, <laughs> yeah. um, I uh, I'm gonna switch completely over and focus on functionality and, and focus on jujitsu. Um, and fortunately, I found a gym out there. You can look it up actually. Victory yeah, I'm pulling gym. up the map here. It's um, called Victory Gym. I believe so. Um, but it's uh, Jocko's place. It's Jocko's place. Yeah. Hey. So uh, for ninety nine dollars a month, there you actually get um, unlimited access to all the classes there: be it Jiu Jitsu, Muay Thai, kickboxing, boxing. Dean Lister teaches there. Dean Lister's the head instructor. Yeah, the boogeyman. So, founder man, of Leglocks. The man himself. Yeah. Yeah. Founder of Leglocks, bro. Yeah. <laughs> First man to be like, why are we ignoring the other half of the body? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Enrolling. That's exciting, dude. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really excited to, to get into that. So I anticipate hitting uh, just maxed at 300. So only 15 pounds off. So I think of maybe a month or two of hitting it consistently combined with excellent sleep and everything else um, and diet and whatnot. Um, I think that a month to two months is a reasonable timeline to hit that goal. For and sure. Lateraling over to that. So that's one thing that I kind of am looking to get into from like a fitness and training perspective. Um, hobbies and recreations, I'm 
really excited to start surfing. Hell yeah, yeah dude. Yeah. As you should be, man. West Coast. West yeah. Coast waves. They have beautiful beaches in San Diego. Yes. Are you going to be longboarding? Uh, yeah. So I actually, my dad was a, a surfer. He grew up surfing Jersey Shore. No um, kidding. Yeah, dude. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah, it was, it was a, it's always been something that's been like a component of the family. Every, every summer we would always go on like these vacations to these beaches. Um, and typically there would, it would be one that had ways to surf. And yeah. So, um, you just see your dad ripping it. Out yeah. Dude, every, every single time. That's just so it. sick. Yeah. yeah. So it seems um, like you were almost, almost made to go west. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was made to hit the beach. Exactly. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've definitely, um, had this in my mind that this would, this would happen at some point in my life. And, uh, popped up sooner rather rather than later so excited for it but uh but yeah to answer the question i'll i'm actually going to be bringing three boards out there i have uh a long board a like slightly shorter like fun board from what i've heard um, and then a short board as well so i'll bring all three of those out there and uh get get cracking you, on it. did you buy those like all in the last month or have you uh they're they're all family boards oh cool. so yeah and the, the coolest one actually is the long board my dad got that uh custom made when he was uh stationed in hawaii in the navy Holy um, shit, dude. so it's coming coming straight from hawaii it's yeah. been all over my dad's traveled no excuse man the... if you can't rip the wave it's on you it's, yeah. not, <laughs> it's not the board exactly Dude, San Diego looks huge on this fucking map. Like, where are you living? And you're pretty close to the border, actually. Yeah, yeah. So San Diego's southern tip of California. Okay. Um, the only city, uh, like quasi-major city, that's closer to Mexico would be Chula Vista yeah, um, in that area. Um, but yeah, right on the border, right by Tijuana. Cool. Um, my new job, I'll be doing uh, real estate development and acquisitions out there with uh, a big big private developers so really excited for that um and they're amazing yeah their office will be in downtown um and so the place that i've kind of settled is going to be pacific beach which is just up the highway um right next to mission beach which is kind of like the main tourist destination oh, i see it um so i'll be i'll be living in pacific beach in a, in a two-bedroom there um sick and uh yeah so it's by the highway it'll be i believe it's the five um, I'll yep. just take hop on the five to get to work. That'll be like 10, 15 minutes. Hop on the five, go to the eight. Yeah. And then make it to the victory gym. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly the plan. So I'll wake up in the morning. I'll go hit my training. Um, the nice thing about that that I like is uh, they also have like a full like weight room and stuff there. So okay. I'll be able to get my, my membership from the very beginning. Um, only hit weights until I hit that goal. I feel like just isolating, honing in on this one thing until I get it, then moving over to something else. Um, and and all of that will be able to be done in victory. So I feel like that's pretty unique for an MMA gym to have a full weight room. Definitely. In it, yeah. right? That's a gem, dude. Yeah, 100%. I know uh, we're talking about 10th Planet. They have like a rack there, I believe, but they, they don't really let you use it unless you're kind of in like one of their classes. And for the with, weightlifting with the classes? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so... Um, yeah, so I really look forward to kind of having all in one at this gym. Um, so yeah, so you, you just uh, you touched on a, a concept right there briefly about honing in on your your singular goal. I think that's a really powerful message to take away from your situation is knowing that as you move to this new city and you're uh, you are confronted with like this poss- this endless realm of possibility. And so being able to see all of your options and you said you have many hobbies, surfing, weightlifting, jujitsu. Um, I think I myself have uh, spent a few years also dabbling in a lot of hobbies and I've definitely seen the most growth when I've been able to isolate just one. Um, and I think that's a really powerful thing to do, especially as uh, a man who is interested and like enlifted and encouraged to do many things is to like have a singular focus for one goal and prioritize that um and for me right right now it's it's running and and gearing towards this first ultra marathon of ours Um, some some things have had to fall to the wayside i haven't been practicing jujitsu me neither um haven't been practicing the guitar something that i want to learn um, and I think that, that, you know, you're always, uh, have some sort of opportunity costs. And mm. so by prioritizing this, this, yeah. this one goal, um, 
that allows you to channel your energy really into one thing. So I think that's great that you'll be uh, doing that. It's yeah, beautiful there. Yeah, yeah, dude, hundred percent. I feel like um, that's that's one of the nice things about uh, being like a very complex individual. I feel like is you have multiple different interests and passions and hobbies, and you know a little bit about a lot of things. Yeah. Um, but one thing that I feel like I've kind of lacked in in my life um, is the ability to like really specialize in something. Um, and so that's something that as I I'm like in my early 20s now, I'm 23. Um, but as I kind of like transition into this like young adult phase, I'm fresh out of college, I'm starting to become like a real man. I feel like yeah. having that ability to, to take these moments to specialize in these things um, is really going to get me to where I want to be. So yeah. specializing in my career, specializing in my, my training and my endeavors um, and really picking one task as it pertains to a facet of my life and then pouring 100% of my energy into that. Um, because I feel like whenever it's nice to like dabble in a little bit of everything and I've definitely lived my life like that for a long time. <laughs> for sure. Um, I feel like if I want to see the real gains and progressions that I desire and, and get to the levels that I want to be in multiple different things, whether it's weightlifting or jujitsu or surfing or whatnot, mm -hmm. I, I kind of need to put the time in on that. So, for sure. yeah. um, yeah, and it, uh, that's been the case for me as well this year is uh, I've honed down on my craft uh, being the dog training and going out to the school, um, doing the immersion program. You know, Tony Robbins has this uh, idea that he preaches a lot about immersive learning, mm -hmm. and the analogy he uses is learning Spanish, um, or at least that's that's been my takeaway is, you know, you can spend... Uh, years in a Spanish class in high school yeah. and not learn not anything. No shit. If you go spend three months in Spain or in Mexico, you're going to come away fluent in Spanish mm -hmm. because you've put yourself in that environment where it's necessary to learn and it's constantly day in, day out. You're you're living and breathing the learning of that singular subject. Yeah. You're not sitting still trying to hear a lecture. You're actually out moving, walking, like Practicing. you don't really get a break from it. Yeah. In the example that you're using where you're in a foreign place, like you're not gonna stay in your room all day when you're in a brand new place. So right. you're kind of confronted with that. Also, another thing to piggyback off what you said, like people talk about your 20s as like, oh, it's your 20s, live it up, go get fucked up, go to the concert, go do this, like go, go, go. And then people, you know, I can imagine people hitting their 30s and like still not having a specialization. Still only making it 10 yards past the first, you know, past the beginning of anything that they tried to do. So when you dive into something and you really try to specialize in it, like jujitsu is a great example because there's a there's a belt system that can literally tell you if you're mastering it or not. Mm. If you're a black belt by the time you're 28, 29, 30, you know, you're not you're going to be in such a higher place as if you never specialized when you were 30 years old. You know, if you spend your time in your 20s. You know, really defining who you are, really defining your craft, you're not, that doesn't go away. You're gonna have that for the rest of your life. And also, we're like, this is when we have our most energy, this is when we're our most like aspirational time of our lives. You know what I mean? So, diving into something like that and specializing in your 20s, I think is so powerful that that is something that, like, in studying grades, it's like, it's only gonna work out well in your life. You know, when you're when you're really dedicating yourself to something at such a young age, I agree with that, and I, I think that, um, like for example, if you, if you have somebody and their main goal in life or that they're currently striving towards is to become like a polyglot, right? Yeah. If they're trying to like pick up a bunch of different languages all at once, it's not going to work. But if you have this ability to kind of knock these things out in successive fashion, where I just became fluent in Spanish. I spent three months in Spain, whatever. Now I'm moving over to France and I'm spending three months there. Now I'm fluent in French and like picking up all these things as long as you, in the beginning, you have to put an immense amount of time into them to kind of like get them to where they want to be. Um, but I feel like once you get to where you want to be, it's that's when you kind of get the ability to kind of revert back into this jack of all trades, dabbling a little bit in all these different things. Because if you've put the time in to establish that foundation and develop yourself to where you want to be, you don't ever lose it as long as you practice it. And the practice that looks like to maintain is nowhere near the level of practice to actually build and grow to where you want to be. Um, so 
Yeah, I agree. And I, I kind of think about life and from like a belt perspective, right? Like yeah. every single time that I'm, I'm working on something or doing something, um, I'm adding one more skill to the repertoire. I'm trying to get one more belt system up. Um, yeah. and in a way, I feel like that's kind of just living with a white belt mentality and in, in in literally anything, in anything. Outside yeah. of the MMA school, outside of the classroom. Um, also, learning is a muscle in itself. Mm. If you become good at learning something entirely new, whenever you decide you want to move on to that next thing, you're going to have that muscle a little bit more developed. It's going to come on a little bit faster. Like You're going to mm -hmm. learn more about yourself on how to retain more information, how to practice it within your own mind, within your own body, right. which I think is truly a priceless skill. Like The ability to learn efficiently mm. is something that like I think everyone should practice mm. you know and, and and it's something that i know i live by you know what i think everybody should practice yeah meditation yeah. and here's why you mentioned that uh there's this concept that uh in your 20s it's encouraged to like go 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 career aspirations hobbies go go do a lot of things there's a lot of emphasis on doing mm -hmm. and not as much emphasis on just being and practicing being yourself Practicing being quiet, sitting in silence. Like that is a, a tool that's been, for me, transformational in my ability to just be receptive and to not uh, put on a, a front of, of going and doing and uh, achieving. I think that's, you know, over uh, popularized in our yeah. society. Chasing, like chasing the, the car, the money, the, money, the, the status, the status, whatever it may be. But the, the emphasis on chasing mm -hmm. in the world is, is immense. It's and immense. Like, yeah. No one, like you're saying, like the ability to receive yes. and kind of just let things come to you is, is one, not stressful at all. Right. It's a very calming thing to do. Yeah. And it's a practice to get there. It's yeah. a practice to get to a place where it is calming. And if you've never meditated before and you try it out, you're, you might hate it. You might you might love it, but a lot of a lot of times, uh, even for me, if I fall out of practice for a long time and I try to get back into it, it's uh, it can be confronting to to face and and sit with all of your thoughts um, in a in a quiet environment. And um, for me, that's why the the practice of running is a dynamic meditation, and it helps me. Uh, you know, not master those thoughts, but like become aware of them and, them and release them and, and release them, you know, yeah. create a space of, of awareness uh, where I'm not latching on and getting caught up in all of these thoughts. Totally. Um, I could not agree more. And it's like you can hear it from us or you can go look at people that have achieved great things. There is a constant theme of meditation, of being able to still sit still with your own thoughts, with yourself. And like we're not human doings, <laughs> like we're not Amen. human doings. We're human beings, and like people forget that our only real responsibility in this life is to just be, and that's it. Like dogs are beautiful; they're really good at it. You know what I mean? And I think being able to turn on and turn off the switch of doing and having complete control of that is an incredibly powerful thing. Yeah, without a doubt. I, I think also though. Um, that there is a lot of power in doing. Um, and I, I would say that different people define, like have different expectations for the things that they seek to accomplish and, and do in life. Um, and if you are somebody with extremely high aspirations, I feel like taking that time to reflect and like give yourself clarity and like truly just like reset, mm -hmm. um, I think that that can actually be a huge enabler whenever you do switch back into that doing mode, you know? Totally. Um, so easy, I feel like you you see, or so easy, um, so easy to do this. So often do you see people who are like constantly go, 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 grind, grind, grind. Um, but I feel like the people who like really take it to the next level from like an accomplishment perspective are the people who understand the importance of being able to sit back, reflect, reset, and then reattack the thing that they are working towards. Truly. It creates uh, kind of like a clarity in your mind where the path in front of you is completely laid out and it, it's, you know, you're able to do at a much higher rate, much more efficient rate than if you never took the time out to yourself and to really figure out how you want to do things, how you want to go about things. 
um, I think it, it really takes out like the guesswork or the decision fatigue and when trying to do new things or trying to decide like how to organize your day or your week mm. and things like that. That's a, that's a great uh, concept to dive into is decision fatigue and you know one being um, you know moving to a new city or uh, you know being in a new environment or being in a new job. Um, you know, in this, in our society, in this day and age, there is so many decisions to be made that it can be overwhelming. It's like a Netflix of options and you may just get caught scrolling through and never deciding what to watch. You end up not watching the movie. <laughs> not watching anything. I know that's happened to me. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, Mears, I'm curious as to like maybe some of your process and like, um, I'm curious as to, uh, how you gain some of the clarity around, uh, you know, selecting a goal to strive towards um, upon your your new arrival in this city. Yeah, so I think um, two things. The, the first being a lot of um, rumination and meditation on who is the man that I want to be, right? Like, I, I know who I am now. I know the things that I've accomplished, the things that I've done. Um, I know where I sit right now. Um, but the biggest thing has been really thinking about who do I want Nick Mears to be in 10 years, mm. in five years, in three years, um, and really thinking about who, what that individual looks like, who that individual is, um, has really allowed me to identify, okay, well, in order to get to that point, in order to be that individual and fit into those timelines, I need to be doing this now. Um, that's one thing. Another thing too is whenever I was really diving in like into who I want to like become and who I want to be in, the, in this future uh, timeline in my life, um, I feel like journaling was extremely instrumental for me. Um, being able to actually like put your thoughts to paper and then keep track of them um, allows you this, this almost therapeutic approach to really like taking off all the baggage and really like analyzing deep into who you are, where are you going, what are you working on in the moment. Um, and when you're a busy person living a busy life with a million things going on, um, having that ability to, to put these things down and, and thus not think about them and focus on other things, it really allows you to kind of like get this holistic approach to analyzing what you are thinking about and then getting a deep clarity as to where you want to progress and go. Yeah, it lays out, kind of helps you lay out the steps in front of you when you have that end image in sight, right? 100%. So do you journal right now? Are you practicing yes. that currently? Yeah, very free. What does that look like for you? Um, to be honest, it's very freestyle. Like cool. I, I kind of just write about whatever's prevalent um, in my head. Um, I'll journal multiple times a day sometimes. Um, sometimes it can be as, as simple as this is what I need to do. Just like writing tasks down, like literally a to-do to list or a check checklist. Yeah. Um, other times it can be whenever I like have like a, a strong emotion, um, really like breaking that down and analyzing that. Um, anytime stuff pops up in my life, that's like really heavy on me, really breaking down um, what's going on there and, and how I'm, I'm feeling and how I'm processing that. Um, and then also just like, a lot of positive self-talk and like a lot of affirmations and writing right? it down yeah and writing it down yeah all of this all of this in the journal um really being able to like pencil and remind myself day in and day out who i am where i'm going and like constantly affirming those things right like having positive affirmations in your journal writing them down speaking them out making them materialize um i think is is really helpful and, and uh has been crucial to me um in an integral component of, of my journaling process yeah for sure. i love how you use the word materialize because by doing by writing down those thoughts and the aspirations and the goals it goes from it just being a thought in your head to it being literally physically written on a piece of paper and kind of etched until that paper doesn't exist anymore and you know you're not burning your journals which is a practice too but if it stays and you're tracking your writing and you're seeing the progression, like your thoughts, what you want in this life will literally materialize to the real world. That takes some faith, um, which, you know, some people may be new to. Um, luckily, all three of us were already 
I think our, we're pretty faithful guys and we, um, I feel very grounded in my faith, mm. right? And I see you have the cross around your neck and when you write things down, it does take a little bit of faith to believe that that's gonna have a positive effect in your life. So pairing those two, I think it can become a spiritual thing. It can become a mindset thing, mental, spiritual, and a physical thing as well. 100%. Yeah, journaling is sick. Yeah. It really is. Do you have like a regular notebook or do you have like, did you buy a book that is like special looking? Yeah, I bought like a special. (laughs) No, actually, I take a a lot of pride in my journal. It's like, yeah, I went to... uh, I went to, I believe it's called Book People. Um, it's right by the REI. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think best bookstore in Texas. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a great place. Yeah. Barnes & Noble will always have a spot in my heart just being like the first bookstore that I ever went to. Totally. I mean, it's a classic. Nothing yeah. beats that smell when you walk into that Dude, store. Dude, you're so right, bro. <laughs> the fresh book smell. Yeah. yeah. Going to the kids out. Yeah. It's, it's un- Not now. <laughs> <laughs> when I was young and I was reading kids' books. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, yeah, no. Barnes and Noble always have a spot. Book people was amazing. That's where I got my journal. And uh, nice, dude. It's it's a really nice journal. I definitely. So it was funny. I I tried to pick up journaling, and as I was getting into it, um, I found that I like journaled halfway through one journal, and then I decided I had like written a lot of stuff that I just didn't want to carry with me and like have in, in going forward. So I bought another journal. Mm-hmm. Um, literally same thing i got about like halfway through that and i was like no this is done like i need to go on to this this next one um and this one has been the one where like i've had just my my most productive like like progressive like journaling sessions where i've I've had very beneficial um very beneficial moments where i've been able to stay positive like keep on this track like see myself progress forward um and I feel like those first two journals were like extremely cathartic and helping me deal with stuff that I was going through in my life at the time, but also stuff that like had happened throughout like my youth and kind of like up until this point um, that I really needed to like analyze and, and um, dive into. Um, totally. and being able to like break that down in those first two journals and now get to this third journal that's kind of like the manifestation of, of yeah. who I am and like where I'm going. It's um, almost like you got those like initial blockages out with those two first journals. Yes. And everything that was blocking that like much higher quality of writing needed to come out into those first two journals and they've been able to, for you able to, for you to be able, Jesus, I cannot <laughs> talk right now, for you to be able to go through those new journals. I, I practiced that. I haven't practiced like the keeping tracking of what I've been writing and kind of doing that where I journaled um, every day for 12 weeks to start the year this past year. And it was every morning, the first thing I would do, I would get my morning pages out and I would force myself to fill out three pages a day. And sometimes it took 20 minutes, sometimes it took 45 minutes. And I got it from this book called The Artist's Way. It's by a wonderful person named Julia Cameron and she has um, kind of a program to get you to clear out some blockages when you're looking for creativity. Um, essentially what it was is I wrote every day for 12 weeks and at the end of it, um, I was doing it with a group. We all met and had a bonfire and threw our journals in the bonfire. And I was able to release all those random ass thoughts that I was just dumping into this journal. And I felt was a complete, you know, release of the past self, of the past thoughts that mm. have been, that I've been carrying with. So. I think that's incredibly powerful that you got through those first two ones and hung in there and didn't bail on the whole practice itself. And now you're on where you're at now. That's super cool. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been amazing. Um, definitely look forward to incorporating that, um, keeping that in my daily routine um, and really diving into the daily routine whenever I move out to San Diego and get into this, this swing of things. What does your ideal morning routine look like, Nick Mears? Yeah. So my ideal morning routine, um, I'd say mind, body, and spirit and attention to those three. So for the mind, um, reading, um, really kind of like trying to grow my mind in some capacity. So I feel like reading is kind of just the easiest way for me to do that. Um, so whatever book I'm reading at the time, putting doesn't have to be a chapter if the chapters are really long, but at least 10 pages, um, getting through and kind of making constant progression in the book. Um, that's kind of how I attend to my mind in the morning. Totally. Um, body, um, I'm pretty active. I try to stay active. 
Um, what comes with that is little tweaks and little things that kind of need to get worked out. Um, sure. So limbering up, stretching, hitting a little morning yoga in the gym, flow. In the gym. Yeah, yeah, it could be that. Um, I wouldn't consider, I, I feel like for morning routine, that's like the first like 30 minutes right when I wake up. So I would, I would categorize the gym as like something separate. I feel like the morning routine for me um, is just like reading a little bit, getting into my body a little bit, whether that's through like a yoga flow, through rolling out. Um, I have like the hypervolt like gun, oh, nice. so I'll, I'll run that or dig into my back with my Theracane. Whatever's kind of like bothering me, getting into my body, getting it right, um, and then spirit. So like journaling and really getting into that, um, yeah. diving into how I am feeling and how I'm operating. Um, so that's kind of my morning routine is to attention to the mind, body, and spirit in, in those three specific ways. Kind of checking off those three boxes exactly. sets you up for your day. Yeah. That's powerful, man. I love that. Yeah, thank That's you. Sick. Yeah. Um, sweet. Lord. <laughs> are we trying to land this plane right now? I think the uh, the shutters are coming up. Shutters are coming up. The wings are starting. To, the cool. nose is starting to dip. Um, one last question for you, Nick. Um, you're gonna be on Cali. You're gonna see small waves. You're gonna see big waves. Is there a certain height of waves that you're going for? Have you thought about it that deep? <laughs> Are you gonna see a six to eight footer out there and just say, "Ah, oh, it's not, it's not me today," or are you are you just gonna try to stick to like the three four footers? I feel like um, you go out and what you're, the, you gotta play the cards you dealt, my man. So <laughs> yeah. I'm going out there. I'm gonna, I think. So I've kind of did a little bit of digging um, by digging, like talking with some people whenever I visited San Diego for the first time, um, and I've heard that Tourmaline is like a really good surf park there to like dive into surfing in the beginning um you can have like some three three footers four footers there um but i also heard that like black's beach and del mar's got some good surfing as well so um but the waves can get rougher out there so i'll probably bounce back and forth between the yeah. two um and if it's a six to eight foot wave day <laughs> um then I, I feel like i have to try Just right drive in and yeah. go do your best exactly yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we definitely want to visit you, man. Yeah, dude, we'll come out there. We'll send definitely it. Definitely want to visit waves. you. I've got three boards. And hang out, bro. <laughs> yes, exactly. bro. Yes, dude. Sounds awesome, man. Yeah. Well, Mears, I wish you the best. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast, yeah, Thank man. you for your time, brother. I know it's yeah. valuable. Appreciate yeah, it. I know you got Appreciate some packing to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll get to it. I'm happy we could get this done today. Yeah, me too, man. Yeah, it's, and the lift and, and the sauna and ice bath rotation is just perfect, man. Dude, it's it's honestly unbeatable, and uh, it's one of the greatest things I'm going to miss about being here in Austin. So yeah, um, really appreciate you guys. Really appreciate y'all's presence. Um, and I feel like it's always easy for me to ground into who I am when I'm surrounded by people who have similar mindsets. So I appreciate that. Recommend that to everybody listening. Um, and uh, y'all have a wonderful rest of your day. Let's go. Too, Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, episode three is a wrap. We'll see you soon.